Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's our NFL Draft Cleveland Browns special. We talk Browns news, draft choices, mock drafts, draft prop plays, all coming up right now on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Turn up your volume because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara, the sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. Cut back by Chubb. He's to the 10. He's still running to the 5. He dips outside left. He's going in. Touchdown. What a run. Nick Chubb. It's going to be sick. All right, everybody, it is NFL Draft Week. How are we all doing? Make sure to click the notification bell, subscribe, share the link. Let's have some fun together. Follow us on Twitter at AndyMC81, at SickPodBrowns on Instagram, at AndyMCSports. we got a big draft show for you, baby. Now, you know I usually love the draft. A little different for Browns fans this year, but there's still a lot to get to. So we'll get into some Browns news, AFC news, all the NFL draft. Russell Brown from uh, NFL Draft Expert put out his huge Big old NFL draft package for free right now. That is up right now. We're going to chat with Russell a little bit later on. But first, we go to my guy from ESPN Cleveland, host, producer, Chris Oldak. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. Hey, always good. We met a, a bunch of years ago, so great to have you on. And listen, I know you were admiring my draft day shirt before <laughs> we went on the air. <laughs> you know, so the movie Draft Day... Uh, as most people I'm sure know about the Cleveland Browns, for me, an annual tradition. Yep. Um, so it's the night before the draft. What better way than to get ready for the draft than watching uh, the Browns knock it out of the park, so so to speak. Sonny Weaver Jr. eating pancakes, uh, you know, David Putney. <laughs> it's tremendous. Uh, so I got this shirt on the day of, it was a release of the movie, so they gave out a shirt with the ticket and a Kevin Costner draft day coaster that you can make the little football game out of at the back. I haven't, but that's a rare. I wonder how much does it go for, Chris? What do you think? I, hang hang on to it for about another ten more years. The movie will continue. It'll be a cult, uh, a, a cult classic, so to speak. Right. And uh, but I've never seen the coaster. I've seen the movie posters. I've seen a few other T-shirts, kind of like the one you got on. But I've never seen the draft day coaster. So I think you got to hang on to that one. I think I think you're right. Yeah, I'll be like the Christmas story. It'll age well with time, right? It'll be <laughs> exactly right. It's so funny because that movie, if I'm not mistaken, I believe um oh it was like Lom- uh, Lombard Joe Banner was in it. Joe Banner was at the very end. Joe ba- yes, yes. And I think he was like fired. Baby. I think he was fired by the time the movie came out. If I'm not mistaken, uh, if if I remember the timeline, I think you have that correct. Yeah. So oh, uh, a lot a lot of old faces uh, from the Browns organization in that one for sure. Yeah, what a time to be alive! What a movie! Yeah, me and my dad watch it every year on draft day. Yep. So we got our our pizza lunch tradition on on draft Very day. Nice. But before we get into the Brown stuff, some AFC news coming around, and boy, Chris, another superstar quarterback to the AFC. Aaron Rodgers finally that deal finally got done. Yeah. And now we add Aaron Rodgers to Joe Burrow, to Trevor Lawrence, to Patrick Mahomes, to Josh Yao. We, we just keep going. Um, the list goes on and on. Right? Like So when we mix in Deshaun Watson, still to be told, hopefully he gets back to what he was. 
But as Browns fans, how should we feel about that with another big name coming into the conference? There's a lot of mixed emotions, I think, when when it when we talk about Deshaun Watson. And I know a lot of the talk right now with him is just where he ranks in the AFC. And you yeah. you name some of the guys, and it's pretty crazy to think that one of those big names uh, is gonna be left off the list this year in terms of teams that make the playoffs, like a big time, wow. big name quarterback. Um between Mahomes in no particular order, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lamar, Deshaun, um, Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Burrow, like uh, one of Justin these Herbert. Names, Justin Herbert. Thank you. Yeah. Um, one of those guys, cause there's only seven spots. So one of those guys is going to get left out of the playoffs. Um, wow. For a lot of Browns fans though. Um, I know there are some who are gung ho that Deshaun Watson is going to return to form and all the Browns fans mm-hmm. hope that's the case. I do though think there are just a lot of Browns fans, myself included, that think he can get there. Know it's in there somewhere because he's not coming off injury. He yeah. was just rusty because the two years that he had off. But for me as a Browns fan, and I'm a little younger, I'm only 34, so most of my Browns fandom life has been has been misery. And so for me to for me to just jump out there and say, oh yes, he's going to return to form. I do. I believe it. Yeah. But there is a big part of me that has to see it first. And I, I hate being that way, but I yeah. think, I think for most Browns fans, that's um, that, that's just the reality of the situation. Well, Chris, we've seen false prophets before, right? We had the Johnny oh, Manziel the with the money, right? We had right. even 2007, Derek Anderson. Like my, I'm, I'm sorry. Right. I bought in. Him, Braylon Edwards, I was like, let's go, Super Bowl. I mean, every, every year, in the anytime the Browns drafted a quarterback, it was, hey, this is the guy. I remember I was, I think, either a, a junior or senior in college when the when the Browns drafted Colt McCoy, and I'm like, this is the guy. He's the winner. He's the, At that time, it was the most wins in, in college football history. Now, to his credit, he's still in the league. He's a backup, but – He's made a a hell of a career for himself, but he just wasn't the guy. And so I think that the scars of Brown's quarterbacks pass play into it. But look, we all know it's, it's obvious that the talent he had and the the talent he showed in in Houston is by far the best talent we've seen post 99. Like we'll just, we'll stick in kind of that modern Brown's era. So there's a lot of hope that Deshaun Watson last year in those six games, he showed glimpses uh, the hope is that he shook off the rust and then this year he can he can be the guy because and I'm sure we'll talk about it here but it's very different for the Browns and Browns fans with this year's draft because there's no number one pick there's no first round second round pick but the first round pick this year is Deshaun Watson and that's I think that I think what Browns fans need to remember is that we already have our first round pick this year and he's he wears number four yeah, he does. And this has the potential. And there's a lot of pressure on everybody, on Deshaun Watson, on the coaching staff, GM, everybody him in all that building. Way up, no doubt. Right. Because, like, Chris, to your point, since 99, maybe, maybe ever, the opportunity to be the most talented quarterback in Browns history. Like, it's right from athleticism to arm talent to potential. It's right there. Question, of course, is can he do it? 
And that's right. And that's the great unknown. And it's funny yeah. because the more we talk about it, it, no matter what angle you talk about, I remember when Jim Schwartz was hired, yeah. um, the angle was, yeah, the, the Browns defense was very underwhelming, very disappointing last year, but it doesn't matter about the scheme and what he does because ultimately it, it comes back to Deshaun Watson and, and how he plays. So that, that is the great unknown, but you look at the window for the Browns here you, you have your, in theory, you have your quarterback. Mm-hmm. You have Nick Chubb, who's in the prime of his career, Miles Garrett in the prime of his career, Denzel Ward in the prime of his career. Those are four giant pieces that if you're building a franchise and an organization, you want the quarterback, a weapon on offense. Most, we know the league now, primarily wide receivers, but you got one there. You have Amari mm-hmm. Cooper, too, don't forget. Sure. And then you have two really good players. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So it's all there for the team. Uh, and like you said, the pressure starts with Deshaun Watson. It goes up to Kevin Stefanski, GM Andrew Barry, and then obviously it, it all ends with the Haslams. But credit the Haslams for making the move um, and going after a guy that they think can take him to the promised land. Yeah, Chris, the worst thing in sports is purgatory. Sports purgatory. Oh. You're always the seven and nine bleep, right? Now, to, to that point, though, the Browns have not been in purgatory no. more for than more than a couple. I mean, we've just known that they've been terrible and yeah. it hasn't been purgatory, but you're yeah. right. These last couple of years, the last year with Baker Mayfield, that quarterback, there were a lot of questions. I was actually in the camp of the guys of, Hey, let's pay him. He won you a playoff game. Me too. Um, we know how that turned out. Um, but right now I wouldn't, I, but to your point, I don't think I would say that the Browns are in purgatory right now because I think everyone knows what the plan is purgatory for me was uh the, the Tennessee Titans the last couple of years like yeah. everyone knew you're not winning with Ryan Tannehill the Minnesota Vikings for six years now with Kirk Cousins yeah I'm sure he's a great guy I've never met him but you're not winning a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins that to me is quarterback purgatory where I think most people around the NFL would say that with Deshaun Watson assuming he returns to form they're a contender yeah, you're you're all in, and and that's what's exciting. This team's all in because if right. this flops, you don't make the playoffs. And, and let's talk about for a sec, Chris, what it's a successful season has to look like for not everybody to get fired, or at least should be fired. Who knows with Depot at the helm? But really, well, you're all you're all in, and and I I like that mindset because now it's not about for Andrew Barry. Oh, we'll worry about three drafts down the road. There might not be another draft for you. Right. Well, and it, it, that is a very complicated question with some complicated answers. I think if if you're if you look at it from all the different angles, if we're talking about a successful season just in terms of not getting people fired, to me right now, you got to make the playoffs. Yeah. Because oh. th- are there circumstances of someone could get injured and all? Like, like yes, that is that's a given that that could happen. But if we're just talking as black and white as we can on the day before the draft Browns have to make the playoffs whether you win the division or not I think everyone is hoping now odds are they're not going to because they've never won the division since it's been called the AFC North so in that case you probably would assume the Bengals are going to win the division so then you look at yourself at a wild card but we talked about it Aaron Rodgers now in the AFC like the AFC is loaded yeah and but but everyone knows that in order to prevent a change at the helm again, Watson's not going anywhere. We no. know that. So the next one on the list is head coach Kevin Stefanski. And to me, 
if they don't make the playoffs, he's going to be gone. And look, you could you could split. Well, what if it's nine wins? What if it's ten wins and they don't make the playoffs because of tiebreakers? To me, right now, if they don't make the playoffs, there's going to be changes. Yeah, two words: no excuses. You have the full offseason. There's no COVID. There's no whatever. There's no drama outside. You get to customize the offense now to Deshaun Watson. Sometimes people right. don't talk about that enough, Chris. He came into a Jacoby Brissett on the fly. But now there's no excuses. You build around that now. So if this doesn't go well, you're right. I think the, the coach has got to flop and go. Um, now, we look at the draft here. Is there, being in the third round, you know, to pick an actual guy is almost impossible. Sure. But is there a position? Is there is there a guy? Like, to me, Zach Harrison out of Ohio State, if he's sitting there, I'm a Buckeyes guy, so I love it. Sure. I, th- I, I think a guy you guy- like? Yeah, to me, it's still the on the defensive side of the ball because if you take a step back and look at the Browns on offense, all you'd really be doing is adding depth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned Deshaun Watson was the Browns' first-round pick this year. Elijah Moore was the Browns' second-round pick. That's what they traded to acquire him right. from the Jets. So in theory, you can kind of talk yourself into the Browns have already made a couple of picks, and they've dressed the offensive side of the ball. But with Jim Schwartz, I think the big thing this year is addressing the defensive side of the ball. And like you said, it's so hard to pick, to pick a guy in the first round, let alone the third at 74 overall, yeah. uh, which is when the Browns make their first pick. So it's tough to say this guy. But for me, I, I think the Browns have, I guess you could use the term luxury at that point, of best available defensive player. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has to be the secondary um, I like the addition of Juan Thornhill. We'll see how he fits in, in Schwartz's system. I would go either defensive tackle or linebacker, two positions. We saw last year the linebacking room just got decimated by injuries, and it it really – that was the start of the downward spiral, I thought, for the defense. But either one of those positions, defensive line, linebacker, to me, is what I would be targeting uh, if I'm GM Andrew Barrett. Well, you're super thin at, at pass rusher at, at defensive end as well. And we have to remember, too, there's still that kind of third wave of free agency after the draft. After, like I would right. I would get Frank Clark today. I would get Frank Clark. I don't care. No doubt. Uh, Sign I, me up for that, too. Yeah. Let's go. Your two-year deal. Come on. Prove it deal. You're done. Yeah. But um, on that side, the, the problem is it's a really top-heavy class of edge rushers. So, like, Chris, we're going to see probably six, seven edge guys go in the first round. And then when you get to that third round, yeah, you're right. I think it depends. Is there a tackle? Is there somebody really at that point you want somebody maybe with a real strong skill set, but not a complete player? Maybe he's a, a third down, pin the years back, go get the quarterback, but he can't stop the run. But he's coachable. That type of guy. Right. I mean, you're going to find guys in the third round with talent. Like, look at the Browns yeah. last year. They got MJ Emerson, who I thought had a really Tremendous. solid rookie year for a third yeah. round pick. Was he perfect? No, but for a third rounder for him to contribute the way he did, I thought was really, really good and a nice job by Andrew Barry, but that's what they have to balance. I think is who is the project versus who's the project with the upside versus Mm -hmm. who's closer to a finished project, but already probably closer to their ceiling and really in the third round and later even it's so tough to find that, but that's where the pressure is going to be on 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 Andrew Barry because this year and next year, without those first round picks, he's really going to have to hit because most of their starters are set. So whoever they're really adding at this point is more of a rotational depth guy. Now, if it's on the defensive front, sure, the guy could be a starter when it comes to that third round selection. But to me, it's who are these guys that they can find and plug in who can contribute. 
um, even though it's 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 tough to do in the third and, and round third round and later and later for sure. But teams do it every. There's Pro Bowlers out of there every year. Maybe the Browns every can do year, that, right? You know? I mean, look, we point to the obvious is Tom Brady being the 199th pick. That's the that's the dream of finding a guy like that. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones though was a nice pick yeah. by Andrew Barry in the sixth round. Uh, Antonio Brown before he kind of flamed out of the league. He was right. I mean, but he was a six round pick. And so there, there, there are talented guys in the later rounds of the draft, but the pressure is all on Barry to find those guys. In conversation with Chris Oldock from ESPN Cleveland, Chris, last one for you here. Now on the really big show, Monday to Friday on ESPN Cleveland and the land on demand.com. I'm a day one subscriber, by the way, listen every day on the app. Love it. Um, You're known as OG Paw and Parlay Paw. Yes. I got to wonder, as far as sprinkling a little, you know, sprinkling some bets on the NFL draft, or there's some props you like, because, boy, the C.J. Stroud, if if this is a huge ruse, and that guy goes first overall, you can make some money. Are you planning to do any parlays on the NFL draft? I I don't know about parlays, because Lord knows (laughs) it's tough to hit a parlay on – just games straight up money lines one way or the other. But I will be definitely making some wagers. I think the amount of quarterbacks taking in the first round mm. is going to be fascinating because, I mean, if the Texans at two don't take one, that could throw everything out of whack. Then you could see yeah. teams, I don't know, I can't imagine if a quarterback that the Colts like uh, at the top end of the first round, I can't see them necessarily passing on somebody. But you never know. So I think the amount of quarterbacks taken in the first round is always the interesting one. Definitely. Well, Chris, tell people where they can find you, your shows, all that. You do a great Palm Paulus on the weekend as well. Appreciate Yeah, so uh, weekdays, 9 to 1 on ESPN Cleveland. I'm the producer of The Really Big Show with Tony Rizzo and Aaron Goldhammer. And then Saturday mornings on ESPN Cleveland, 10 a.m. Eastern, myself and Nick Paulus for Paw and Paulus. You can follow me on Twitter at the OG paw. Chris, always a pleasure, man. I'll hit you up next time I'm in town. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Thank you. All right, there he goes. Chris Oldak from ESPN Cleveland, people. All right, now, hey, folks, you want your fantasy football gear? You want your Browns gear? Just in the description below. Click on it. You get some unique fantasy football champion player, Browns paraphernalia. Get it right now. Even a draft day theme shirt. Check it out. You'll see what I mean. Okay. We had the Brown stock. Now let's go big picture. Let's get into some mock drafts. Let's get into some what ifs who might be available. We bring back on friend of show, Russell Brown from Fantasy Pros. And he has his big, giant NFL draft package preview rankings uh, from all position groups, big boards, and all that good stuff. It's out now and it's free on his Twitter at Russ NFL Draft. I've been taking a look at it. It is phenomenal. Russell, sir, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's always great talking a little football with you guys, and I appreciate the uh, plug on the guide. Oh, man. Listen, when you put in that much work, now I know for just personally the, the different mocks I do or research, that's tiring enough. To do big boards, to get into these, gosh, hundreds of prospects. Like, just give us a ballpark. How many man hours went into this? I can't even imagine. Uh, man, I don't even know. Uh I mean, it, it's not it, – when you love to do it, it's not really work, right? So it's it's one of those where I – I mean, I would say some days would be eight to ten hours. Other days it would only be three to four. But 
Uh, I mean, pretty much it started up in December, January, around that range, and it goes all the way until end of March, just about. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, probably like 300 hours, 400 hours, maybe more. <laughs> I don't know. Man. So, folks, check it out. It's it's worth it. Phenomenal. Read notes, details, uh, strengths, weaknesses, player notes, projection, all that good stuff. So, check that out. And we're going to get into that right now. Let's talk a little bit. A little bit of mock draft here, Russ. Okay, so the biggest baffle to me coming out of this period is who is behind the smear campaign, the presidential level smear campaign on C.J. Stroud. I'm sorry, did I did I forget what this guy has done in college? Have I am I supposed to forget how he overcame as a day one when he came in as a starter and what he overcame in the talent? Like this is this is ridiculous. I feel like I'm watching uh, Trump Biden here with the, all the smearing. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I feel like this happens every year, and maybe it's an agent kind of kind of doing this, or or maybe it's just you know the fact that he's represented by the same agent of Deshaun Watson, and maybe that's left a sour taste in a couple of teams' mouths, or just a couple of people's mouths, and they're like, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and and, and try to bash this guy to move him down the draft, or, or a team is trying to get into position to get him, so they're they're kind of bashing him to mm-hmm. to get in position to get him. But uh, at, at the end of the day. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of intrigue with him, and I mean, he's such a talented, uh, such a talented passer and quarterback. And I, I just, I feel like if uh, if there's a team that makes the most sense for him, uh, I think the Colts are just that team. I'm, I'm totally with you. I think it's fool. I, I wish that Frank Reich and Carolina were in on C.J. Stroud because I think the coaching job he could do with C.J. Stroud would be phenomenal because he has all those tools. I love Bryce Young as a person. The video you, I'm sure you saw it, Russ, where. He like totally disarmed the conversation from everyone. It's like, oh, people say you're short. Expect him to get mad. He's like, that's sports, man. That's entertainment. I get it. I came away from that thinking, man, I like this guy. I want him to do well. But damn it, Russ, I can't get over. He's, he's generously listed at 5'10", and he's, and he's slim. I wish you could have C.J. Stroud there. That being said, where do you see um, the uh, if, if C.J. Stroud doesn't go, let's say, to the Colts? Because there's a lot of rumors, Will Levis, right? Um, and we can get back to him in a sec. But let's say Panthers go young. Houston takes uh, Will Anderson. Cardinals, whatever. They're not taking a quarterback. Will Levels to the Colts. Where does C.J. Stroud go? Is a team trading up? Or are they staying put? Well, what happens then? I mean, I, I really think, you know, again, I think I think Indy would be crazy to pass on Stroud. You need that ready-made quarterback. I think he can yeah. play right away for you. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, if he does slide down the board, I, I have a hard time believing that he makes it past either five at Seattle or seven Las Vegas. I just, I think there's so much intrigue with him. And ultimately, I think the quarterback that slides is Will Levis. I think he's mm. the one that maybe makes it out of the top 10. I think Will Levis maybe to Tennessee at 11, maybe Houston at 12 if they pass on the quarterback at two. I'm not buying the Houston taking the quarterback at two thing. I just, I can't. I can't do it not that early in the draft, and ultimately, I just I feel like uh, when you get this type of buzz this close in a draft, it, it just uh, doesn't always feel doesn't always feel real. And mm. uh, I, I just I don't know. Anthony Richardson's the, the kind of wild card to me. I have a hard time placing him. He makes sense for Indianapolis, he really does. But at the same time, like he's not that polished. Only 13 career starts. We know there's like a Bill Parcells rule for quarterbacks in the NFL. And he hasn't played enough games. He hasn't done enough. And I think he makes sense for, you know, schematically he makes sense for Indianapolis, but I could see him falling down to 
11 and 12 as well. I, I, I struggle with it, man. I, I keep going back and forth with these quarterbacks, but ultimately I think there's two in the top 10 and I think it's both sprouting. Right, and that would be very interesting if um, Houston, as you know, is widely expected now not to take a quarterback at two, they have the Browns first round pick from the Deshaun Watson trade at 12 and they have extra ammunition if they need to, to trade up. If they're, they're like, wow, player X is available there. Um, we could possibly see maybe with a trade up to someone like Philly or even the bears um, if they need to. Yeah. Maybe they come away with a, a Will Anderson and then a, an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis. If it's a vice versa, they potentially could come away with their future starting quarterback and a stud on defense. Absolutely. I, again, it wouldn't surprise me either with Houston if they if they come out and say, you know, hey, we're, we're going to get an offense or a defensive player at, at two, whether it's Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson, and then at, at 12, take the best player available. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's Peter Skoronsky. Maybe that's Broderick Jones. Maybe they take an offensive staff to replace Titus Howard, or they look back into the secondary, maybe a player like Deontay Banks or potentially Joey Porter Jr., uh, I think either ones are just kind of double down and pair with Barry Stingley. They're kind of deep in that secondary, but again, you can never have too many defensive backs. And who's to say they don't try to trade back into the first round and, and maybe get a Hendon Hooker? I know they really like Hendon Hooker from what I've connected in the last two or three days. So maybe there's a chance there. And uh, I team like Buffalo to maybe trade out would make a lot of sense. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. But I mean, Houston not coming away with a first round quarterback, I'd be a little bit surprised. Me too. Now, Russ, I got to say this you're a Lions guy. Okay, Lions have two first-round picks. They sit at six. Jared Goff, fine professional quarterback. However, somebody drops that they like. Am I nuts to think the Lions could take a quarterback at six? Like if someone fought, like if, if for whatever reason, C.J. Stroud gets past the Colts. Uh, if I'm the Lions, I am sprinting to the podium saying, I'll take that guy and then I'll get whoever else back at, uh, what, eighteen. It's possible. I mean, it really is. I, I know they've done some homework on the quarterbacks uh, for a couple of weeks now. We've heard a lot of rumblings that they really like Hendon Hooker. I don't think that they would take him at six. Maybe they'd consider him at 18. Maybe a slight move up to get him or maybe even a move down to potentially get him uh, if, if they can pull that off. But, yeah, I, I just don't see them doing it. I, I just feel like this organization, this front office, is committed to C.J. Stroud, they like what he excuse me, to Jared Goff, they like what he provides with the offense, and I mean when you throw from this 4,500 yards, 29 touchdowns, you're efficient in Ben Johnson's offense, it's hard for me to buy into the fact that they're going to take a quarterback to replace you. You go with the known, not the unknown, and right now it's known even though it's $30 million a year, Jared Goff wins them enough football games to compete in the NFC North at this point in time, and he's a guy that can operate the offense. And, of course, with Aaron Rodgers leaving the NFC North, leaving the NFC, like, Russ, we look at that, the NFC total. Like, my, it's a it's a wasteland of star power. You have Jalen Hurts as the top guy, Dak Prescott, uh, Justin Fields, like, slim pickings. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, I think the, the division's very much up for grabs. I, I think it gets really interesting. But uh, at the end of the day, I just – yeah, I, I, I think they're, they're going to try to get into that win now. They're going to try to add as much talent they can around your golf and the defense, and, and they're going to try to go all in on this window that they might have as far as the Packers maybe in a small rebuild. So let's talk Cleveland Browns here. No first-round pick, no second-round pick. we got two picks in the third. Now, again, just like with, with Chris previously, 
and my stuff to actually go and you know pick a guy is so difficult because who knows who falls, etc. But from a position group, specifically front seven for the Browns, still very thin at pass rush. Still, you could add depth defensive tackle. You could add a linebacker, a safety possibly as well. But to you, when you're looking at that spot, um, who might be a, a grouping of guys or, or sort of that that level that could drop to the third round that might be there? As an Ohio State fan, I'm hoping Zach Harrison might be that type of guy. Didn't you know somebody who has the talent, has flashed, but hasn't necessarily put up the gaudy numbers to be a first round pick? Um, who kind of jumps out to you in that third round rage for Cleveland? I think Isaiah Fosby from Notre Dame makes a lot of sense. Um, and I, I think he is somebody that if he can get there, that would be, I think, an ideal fit for them, uh, just simply because of the length, the kind of the speed to power that he plays with. He's my 68 ring player, 44 uh, inch arms, get a 34 inch vertical. And I think he's somebody that when he moves out of the NFL, you know, that experience that he has at Notre Dame is going to come into handy. He's got this aggressive play style about him that I think would play opposite of Miles Garrett very well. And I think there's some potential for him to hit some double-digit sack numbers. Maybe it's closer to seven, eight, or nine sacks in a season, but it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being a little bit of a more productive uh, pro than a, than a college player. Um, and then another player, just to kind of piggyback off that, you, you mentioned Zach Harrison, and, and I will talk briefly about him. I, I liked Zach Harrison in the summer. The more I watched him this past year, I didn't fall in love with him. He reminds me quite a bit of Carlos Basham, which is okay. But at the end of the day, like I just, it, you, you gotta, you gotta do a little bit more than that uh, for me. But I, I think, you know, with his length and his power as well, again, fun player makes some sense. Um, if they, if they end up, you know, moving down a little bit or moving up a little bit, I do wonder if this player, Isaiah McGuire from Missouri, has been a constant riser week in and week out through this draft process. Very versatile, good length, uh, very explosive off the snap, and he's a guy that's pretty versatile. You can see him play as a four eye. He's kind of like a, you know, maybe not the the first round Will McDonald in a sense. He's a little bit more yoked up than him, but his explosive style of play and his length is very intriguing. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if he was a guy that they circled in on. Maybe they make a move with, with some of the draft capital. Maybe package a third and a fourth to try to get somewhere into that second round. You know, the Buffalo Bills are looking to potentially move out of that first round or maybe even out of that second round just to get some extra picks on, on the middle part of day two or even day three. So maybe there's a trade-up candidate there for uh, players like either Isaiah Posty or Isaiah McGuire. Interesting. And we know typically Andrew Barry traditionally has traded down, but he did trade up to get JOK a couple of years back. So there there is a, a history there for that. Um, and you're right. You, you look, you got two-thirds, you got two-fourths. You got a lot of later picks too. So if there's a guy in a Brown team that is in a win, has to be in a win now situation and mindset, that would make a lot of sense to move up to get someone of that caliber. What about like a Yaya Diaby? First of all, super fun name to say. Lots of fun. But the guy balled out last year. What did he get? Nine sacks? Like, I, I don't, is he someone that you think could fall to the third or is that a trade up? You have to go back into the second round to go get him. I, I definitely think it's possible. He wasn't a player that I watched too much in depth. Uh, just like the, the game that I watched of him, I was really intrigued with his length. He had really long arms, and I thought he was pretty explosive. But he was a guy that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I just I couldn't get a full evaluation on him. But when you come in and you, you run in the four or five range, and you have almost a forty inch vertical, and and a guy that you know it feels like he's gotten consistently better uh, throughout his career, especially in twenty twenty two. 
Uh, if I remember correctly, he was close to almost 10 sacks and almost 15 tackles for loss. So he really took a step forward, and, and he had some flashes at the senior bowl too. So mm-hmm. I'm intrigued with him. I just I, I don't know if uh, he's going to be a guy that you know is available. Um, and again, I, I would take guys like Kloski and Dwyer just because I watched a little bit more of them. It would be unfair for me to say, hey, Yadi's a guy that I would take because of X, Y, and Z. Right. And there's always that risk. Is he a one hit wonder? Um, you know, why, why did they flash? What happened beforehand? So interesting players to watch there. Uh, Russ, who is a riser and a faller for you in this draft? Someone, and you can pick, you know, first round, any round you like somebody you think climbing up that board that uh, is likely maybe to go a little bit higher than initially expected. Who's someone that, you know, maybe there's some hype around, but could, but could drop. Yeah, I think when you, when you look at Devin Witherspoon, Illinois, I think he's really intriguing as a potential uh, top five pick in this draft. It's not talked about a lot. He's commonly mocked to the, the Lions at six or even the Raiders at seven. I think he tabs on the Cardinals at three. I know they like him. I've had multiple sources uh, really into Monday and Tuesday talking about how talented he is and how teams really like how he interviewed. He ran the 4 4 2 kind of his personal play. When you look at the Cardinals' depth chart, Man is a bad at corner, and you know they they've got two guys. One Antonio Harrison, if I'm, if I remember correctly, or maybe it's Antonio Williams. Either way, I don't know. Like I, I know a lot about these guys. I don't know who that player is. And then you look at Marco Wilson. He's been a liability. Ninety-six receptions, a thousand yards, eleven touchdowns given up in two years. They need something there. They traded away Byron Murphy. I think when you look at this guy, you know you, you look at a player like Witherspoon. Last one for you here, Russ. What's the deepest part of this draft class? What's the deepest position group to you? Yeah, I think, I think corner makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's a deep class. I think you can find a ton of talent. Witherspoon, Gonzalez. You look at you know potentially Emmanuel Forbes, Deontay Banks, Willie Porter Jr. Uh, there's a, a ton of different guys. So I, I think you, you know you can find them. You know, kind of a dime a dozen in every round cornerback yeah cornerback their edge as well i think especially first round heavy all right if we're doing prop play okay we got our buddies at betfred sportsbook okay you can lay some nfl draft prop plays there link in the below folks where if you're in ohio you get the bonuses you get the entry to prizes all there just click on the link for prop plays how many quarterbacks if we're taking an over under on qbs is five the magic number first round yeah yeah i think so uh again maybe maybe you know, if it's set at, at four and a half, I'm taking the over. Uh, yeah. Again, it wouldn't surprise me if four only go, but I would take four and a half and I'd take five. It seems like Hooker's, like, he wasn't necessarily on the first round radar for me early on, but it seems like he's really been rising. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, like, the Texans could be very interested in him. Teams like, you know, potentially the Ravens, the Lions, the Vikings. I, I think there's enough teams in this, in this first round that makes sense for for a guy that's coming off an injury and a little bit older, but he, he would make sense for a team as that fifth-year option. There you go, folks. If it's a four and a half, take the over. Okay, five's the magic number. Russ, tell people where they can get your guide, where they can get your NFL draft content. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Russ NFL Draft. Uh, just football, NFL stuff all the time, NFL draft stuff all the time. So uh, you can find the draft guide on fantasypros.com. There's an article about three or four underrated players that I didn't get to get a full evaluation on, but I go into detail about them uh, off the two games that I watched of them. And uh, in there is my draft guide. It's a downloadable PDF. It's best on your computer, but it's free to download. So enjoy it. And I appreciate you always letting me come on and talk to you. Oh, Russ, I absolutely love it, my man. Enjoy the draft. Look, 
Just channel your inner Sonny Weaver Jr., buddy. I'm holding up the coaster from draft day here from the draft day movie and wearing my draft day shirt. So get eat some pancakes and have some Sonny Weaver Jr. Good luck tomorrow. I appreciate it. <laughs> See you, brother. Talk to you later. There he goes, Russ Brown from Fantasy Pros in the NFL Draft Guide. What's your favorite line from, from draft day? It, okay, there's so many for me. I, I know. And listen, full disclosure, if this was not about the Browns, the movie itself, not great. Okay? Let's, let's be fair. But it is, and I love it. I like when it's right, right near the end. And Kevin Costner slash Sonny Weaver Jr. is talking that, that the villain, the Seattle Seahawks GM, he's like, let me know your answer, you pancake-eating bleep bleep bleep. And he wants David Putney, Devontae Mack, no matter what. By the way, that shirt, Devontae Mack, no matter what shirt, is in the show shop right down in the link. You can check that out. Click on it. Get your Devontae Mack, no matter what shirt. Who do you want, no matter what, for the Browns? Not a first-round or second-round pick. So it gets a little tricky. There's not necessarily going to be the same uh, passion as far as I got to have that guy. But if they're available in the third round, Browns fans, or anybody watching, who's the player you want no matter what? If you were Sonny Weaver Jr. from draft day and you were writing with that post-it note in your pocket, folding it up, whose name would be on it? So-and-so no matter what. Leave a comment below. Hit us up on Twitter at AndyMC81, at SickPodBrowns, on Instagram, at AndyMCSports. For me, Zach Harrison, strictly because he's an Ohio State guy. Is he going to be that good? I don't know. His ceiling's probably a bit lower. So I'd say Zach Harrison or Yaya Diaby if he's there. But I think Zach Harrison more likely. So I'm going to write down Zach Harrison no matter what if it's day three. Who do you got? Who's your no matter what? Let me know. We'll be back with a special Monday draft recap show. See what the Browns did. Did they trade? Did they stay put? Who'd they take? Do you like? You don't. So make sure you're following along social media. Click notification. Subscribe. We always appreciate that. Leave a comment and share the link. (laughs) It's draft week, folks. Have a lot of fun. Eat your pancakes. And we'll see you Monday on the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Go Browns! And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.